Hello, welcome back to Jumble. I think it's episode 24, although I could be incorrect. Uh, This should be the Kobe episode, but might not be. Um, Today, we're going to catch back up with recent sports events. We haven't done recent sports in a while. We kind of started out talking about what was going on in sports. I'd say five five out of the first seven episodes, probably, anyway. And then we've diverted into some lists, some moments, some older memories, things of that nature. And now we're going to bring it back to the world of current sports because we have the NBA playing playoffs going off. This is on a Monday, so the first round is over. The Bucks and Nets are playing right now. The Nets are up 20, so, you know, no need to talk about that. But we're just going to hit the first round, talk about some of the players we liked in these series, some of the players that we did not like in these series, and speculate what may happen in the second round and who's going to be the eventual champion. So the way we have this ordered is least to most competitive series in the first round. And here's how we determine that order. First off, games played. So sweeps first, and then four ones, four twos, and then seven game series. So there were, for example, four four one series. The way those were determined in determining which ones to talk about first, because I did say least to most competitive, were simply my opinion. So if you think other series are more competitive, not that it really matters, feel free to let me know. But, you know, at the end of the day, they were all 4-1 series, so none of them were ultra-competitive. But we're going to start off with the only sweep of the first round, which kind of surprised me. We have the Bucks and the Heat. You know, I didn't expect this series to go this way. I did think the Bucks would win. I hated the attitude Giannis had at the beginning of it, especially him saying, I can't promise that it'll be any different from last year when the Heat beat them as the one seed. And... Jimmy Butler said he was as ready as he's ever been. I still thought the Bucks were going to win just because of the addition of Drew Holiday. But I, I expected a 4-2 or even a 7-game despite the Heat struggles this year. And the Bucks just came out and smacked them in the mouth. I mean, really, it wasn't a competitive series at all, clearly. I was talking to Kendall about it earlier, and he said he forgot this series ever happened. And I actually did, too, as I was making lists because nobody watched these games. The first game was great. Uh, 109-107 final score. Chris Middleton had to hit a game winner to get out of that game. And that gave me a lot of high hopes for the series. I was like, wow, that's a two-point game. This series is going to be great. It's going to be back and forth, and the games are going to be close. And the next three games were not even remotely close, and the Bucks just swept them. I mean, the only sweep of the whole first round. What do you think about the Bucks and the Heat series, Kendall? It also makes you wonder if that team last year was just kind of like a bubble miracle. Because, I mean, honestly, it's a, it's pretty much the same team. They just did not show up at all. Like no. I said, the first game was good, but that's the only one I even watched. And then after that, I just kind of forgot all about it. <laughs> yeah, I did too after seeing how big the Bucks were up in game two. You know, I, I don't understand the whole bubble phenomenon. All this team really lost was Jay Crowder, and I do think Jay Crowder is an underrated player. He brings a lot of value to your team. He's a 3 and D guy. brings a lot of intensity. But I don't think any team that keeps their same roster that's a previous championship contending team, although I don't think they had a chance in the championship, they were in the championship. And I don't feel like losing one player of Jay Crowder's caliber should be enough to just go from being a team in a championship to losing in the first round. I don't feel like he's that much of an impact player, although I do think he's really good. Um, the The thing to take away from this series to me is two things, um, one from each side. Um, I'm going to try for each team to tell you a player I really like and then a player I don't like 
usually the player that I don't like will be on the losing team, but I, I can think of at least one team that has a player that I don't like that actually did win. As far as the Bucks, I really would like to give a lot of praise to Drew Holiday here. Uh, he got the Jimmy Butler assignment. You know, a lot of people were upset last year because Giannis didn't guard Jimmy Butler after winning the Defensive Player of the Year, including me. I feel like if you win Defensive Player of the Year, you should take that assignment willingly, and he did not. But, you know, Jimmy Butler had a horrible series. I attribute that to Drew Holiday. You know, Jimmy Butler had a shot in that first game to win the game or tie the game. I can't remember. Drew Holiday blocked it and just continued to make things really, really difficult for Jimmy this entire series. You know, made some big shots. And just the the defense that he played was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, The Heat have two players that I didn't like during this series. As I mentioned, Jimmy Butler. You know, at the end of last season, a lot of people were saying Jimmy Butler was a top 10 player in the NBA, and I understand why, because he willed his team to the finals. Not with no help, but, you know, he is the best player on that team, and they're a five seed that made it to the finals, so you have to give him a little praise, give credit where credit's due. But you come in this year expecting to be a superstar caliber player, which, you know, there's a difference between a superstar and a star, as I've talked about before. I think Jimmy is a star, but not a superstar. And this was his chance to prove people wrong and will this team, you know, at least to a good series, and will just continue to get shut down by Drew Holiday, you know. As great of a defender as he is, if you're going to be a Jimmy Butler caliber player, you can't let that happen. And the other player that disappointed me from the Heat would probably be Tyler Hero. Last year in talks of being traded in a package for James Harden, and Pat Riley decided to say that Tyler Hero was an untouchable player and did nothing. I mean, even this whole season, just a disappointing season from Hero, expecting to be a breakout and... Hasn't really done anything all year, and especially in this series as they got 4 0 I'm just really disappointed because it's a player that I was actually pretty high on. You know, such a thing as recency bias, but even before that, I was high on Hero coming into the draft. And I, I don't know what's happened. I think teams are just maybe able to game plan for him a little bit more now that he's in his sophomore season. The sophomore slump is a very real thing because teams can now game plan for you as his rookie year. They don't really know what he's going to do. And I just, you know, it, really, you could I could list a lot of Heat players. i just disappointed from the production of the entire team bam Adebayo, duncan robinson goran dragic had a really good game one but that's about it just this whole team underperformed in the first round i thought they were going to be a strong team coming into it but i mean I, like you said i knew the bucks would win it but i really figured it'd go to like six or seven i didn't expect it to be 4-0 that quick but yeah that was just pathetic yeah terrible performance by the heat really disappointing because i thought this would be one of the better series coming into it and really, in the, in the grand scheme of things, only one of these series was great. There were a couple of them that were mildly entertaining and fun to watch, but just I mean, it is the first round. Of course, series are going to get more competitive as we go along, but really disappointing performance from the Heat, and I'll be interested to see what that roster looks like coming into next year because I think at this point it's pretty clear they have to maybe switch it up a little bit. Next series that I think was the next least competitive was Utah and Memphis. All the props in the world to Ja Morant. Uh, I think he's a great player. I, when he's coming out of the draft, I said that I think he's going to be better than Zion. I still think there's the debate between those two. While most people would probably go Zion, I still go Jaw, and I main, I will maintain that till Zion proves otherwise, which I'm not saying that he won't. I hope he does. I hope he's a great player. He seems like a phenomenal person. But I, I do believe in Ja Morant a little more. Um, you know, Memphis came out. One game one without Donovan Mitchell, and people were saying, is this really the one seed? You know, blah, 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 whatever. Just the typical stuff you would see when a one seed loses to an eight. And, you know, I looked at that game, and I said, okay, Donovan Mitchell didn't play. 
Jordan Clarkson, the sixth man of the year, probably just had his worst game all year. Joe Ingles finishing top three in contention for sixth man of the year, probably just had his worst game. Bogdanovich had one of his worst games. Rudy Gobert didn't really have the opportunity to do much because the team didn't predicate a lot on the inside. Dylan Brooks had, I think, a 30-point game, if not 30, high 20s. I was like, Dylan Brooks cannot maintain that. I, just, I was never really – I mean, I'm not a Utah fan, but I just – I never was threatened that Memphis was going to beat Utah. I just – it was a great game one performance, but you're not going to get that from Dylan Brooks on a consistent basis, and I just never thought this would be competitive. Donovan Mitchell comes out game two and is just – I mean, killing Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks did a great job defending him as well as you can do, but Donovan Mitchell just proceeded to break him. And, you know, uh, Jordan Clarkson continued to not have a great series, but played a lot better than he did in game one. Rudy Gobert did defensive player of the year type things for the remainder of the four games. Joe Ingles hit his shots. Bogdanovich showed back up. And Mike Conley is, I would consider, the X factor for this team as he's had a great season as last year was subpar. But I I didn't pay a lot of attention to this series, honestly, because I figured it wasn't going to be close. I think I watched two games in this whole series. And I just, I I never had a doubt that Utah was going to lose this. And it's not because I really believe in Utah, because I honestly don't. I just didn't think Memphis was the most deserving team to have that eight seed anyways, but all props to him for stealing a game on the road, much the less in game one. Yeah, like you said, that was a um, just a bad game, I think, by them to lose to the Grizzlies. I really didn't think they'd even win a game. But, you know, you like guys like John Morant who give their all to Memphis and all them, but it's just we kind of seen this one coming from a mile away, yeah. just like the other game, except, you know, I was blown away. Yeah, this one, like I said, no surprise. Um Next series is is similar, no surprise. Uh, I have the 76ers in Washington. Another 1A. I, I don't know about you guys. I just don't I don't watch a lot of the 1-8s. Um, I probably watch more of this one than any other 1-8 series I've ever watched because I do like Bradley Bill a lot. I, he, I love Russ. Russ is one of my favorite players in the league. But it's it just Philly. You know, even without Joel Embiid, this team is just so much better. You know, they've got... I'm trying to think. They got Ben Simmons, who is great. Embiid is great. Tobias Harris is doing what people thought he should have done last year. I wouldn't say a breakout season because we've known he's a good player. But, you know, last year, very overpaid for the production, and he's picked up on his production this year. And I think he's the X factor for Philly. You know, as long as he's he's giving them 20 and 30, as he has been, they're going to be hard to beat. And they got Matisse Thibel, who, if he ever develops even somewhat of an offensive game, is going to be incredible because I think he's a top-five defensive player in the league, can guard all five positions. You know, obviously you don't want him on your center, but if he is, he's going to do as well a job as any other shooting guard would do. They have Danny Green, who took has taken a lot of flack all year and last year because of his performance in the finals. But, I, again, one of my favorite players. Him and Russ, both top five and my current favorite players. And if not, probably – they, they come real close to all-time top five because that's like Ray Allen, Kobe, Monte, Anthony Davis, and Russ, and then Danny Green would probably be six. So, I mean, some of my favorite players. and I just I, This team is going to be really hard to beat in a seven-game series. They performed really well. Lost the one game where Embiid goes down. was glad Washington was able to steal a game because I am rooting for Russ to you know not embarrass the team or himself, even though he shot horribly from the field, like 17%, I think, was the ending. Yeah, I think it was. The inning percentage, that was pretty pathetic. And Brad, you know, dealing with his hamstring a little bit. So I never gave Washington a chance, but it's just 
Uh, I really don't want to trash on anybody from this series. I feel like Washington could play it about as well as they were expected to. Didn't think they'd steal the game, and the 76ers done what they've really done all year. I hate to say it, but I think Russ is going to be one of those players that never gets a ring. I mean, he goes from OKC to almost getting there every year to now just barely making it in. So I hate to say that he will never get one, but I think it's coming. And for the 76ers, I work with a guy, and he has them win, winning everything. He's got them going all the way. And I can see why. I mean, he, he got his, he's got his got his stats down behind him and everything. But Embiid playing 50% right now is going to it's gonna factor in a big – majority of this how they're going to do and how well they are because i mean ben simmons had a triple double i've seen but that ain't gonna do much for him because i think ben simmons is overrated i think he has one good game everybody talks about him for weeks and weeks but we'll see if he can actually do something for a change i mean i know he had triple double but still i'm gonna say it like that um i forgot to sell you guys one player oh by the way if you want to talk about players you like or don't like go for it i forgot utah and memphis uh for utah the player i like was Probably Donovan Mitchell because they're they're down 1-0. He comes back, they win four straight. Don't have a lot to say about it. Memphis player I like, even though I did trash on him a little bit and it wasn't intended to come off that way, it was Dylan Brooks. Like I said, he did as well of a job defending Donovan Mitchell as you can, and he had that 30-point game to win him the first game. So I, I like Dylan Brooks a lot, and I think he's going to be an X-factor on that team for years to come as long as they pay him. 76ers. Um, probably said that I like Matisse Thibel, just the defense that he put on Brad. And for Washington, man, I, I don't even know because Brad struggled, Russ struggled, Davis Bertans really struggled. Only had one good game from the field. Uh, I just can't. I'm not saying that everybody played bad on this team, but there's no one player that stood out to Washington for me, uh, unfortunately. Next game, Nets and Celtics, or next series anyway. Um, this would be the fourth most or at least competitive series, in my opinion. I thought this was going to be a sweep. Celtics managed to steal a game. You know, totally attributed to Jason Tatum having 50. If not for that, of course, they lose. Um, didn't expect anyone to be competitive with the Nets, as I don't really expect them to for the remainder of the playoffs. I just it, It's another series, you know, because the first round was really not that competitive, especially with these four ones. It's just a series I don't have a ton to say about. The Nets came out. They did what the Nets are supposed to do. They outscored the Celtics because they have star power. And Blake Griffin gave him a good spark, actually. That would probably be the player I like for the Nets is Blake Griffin. He's bringing a lot of energy to this point and showing that he still can contribute. He may not be able to do what he's done in the past, but he's still a good basketball player. For the Celtics, you know, I'm trying to pick – not superstar players, but genuinely the only person to the Celtics that I can say that I liked or attribute any sort of credit to in this series is Jason Tatum. He just won a game by himself, really. You know, I feel like this series could have went to six if they have Jalen Brown. No Jalen Brown. Tatum still gets a game. Kimba had a pretty decent game that game as well, but Kimba's not going to win you a game. Jason Tatum will win you a game, I think, and that's what he did. He had 50 but just overall, not a series that I ever anticipated being competitive, and in and in five, it really wasn't. But I feel like Brad Stevens and the Celtics played as well as they could have, given the circumstances without Jalen Brown. Well, this was a hard one to talk about, you know, because, I mean, Celtics are my team, but I, like you said, I've seen a sweep coming. But our franchise player, Tatum, I feel like with him, you can win at least one, I hope. But I know that we – Fired Dan- or Danny Ainge stepped down. We didn't really fire him. He stepped down, and we put Brad Stevens in there. So I'm excited to see what the future will look like. I know that Brad's a smart guy. He, he makes a lot of smart plays. The only thing that I've not 
not like that he's done is bringing in Gordon Hayward, which I mean, Gordon Hayward was a good pacer, but just not a Celtic. Same way with like Kyrie, you know, pacer? or not pacer. He was a uh, Utah uh, Jazz. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for correcting me on that. One. I was thinking of Paul George for a second. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's a year on. But yeah, like I said, it's just gonna be a better future, hopefully, and I hope the Nets lose. So. Yeah, I'll be open and honest about hoping the Nets lose too. Nobody wants to see that. They just don't. Um, next series was a series I'm really disappointed in because after game one and two, I thought this was going to be the most competitive series of the entire playoffs. That'd be the Knicks and the Hawks. You know, Hawks come out, still game one, a lot of crap talking through the whole series. Knicks come back, win game two. It's like, wow, this is going to be good because everybody's talking and I mean, there's a lot of intensity, and the Garden's fired up to see Nick basketball in there. And then the Hawks just come out. Trey Young comes out and <laughs> wins three straight games. You know, what What, what can you say? Um, this was a great series. Um, I'm not a New York fan, but I was really happy to see New York fans back in the building at MSG. You know, great basketball atmosphere, and it was cool to see how excited those fans were to see Nick basketball in the playoffs. And it was cool to see Trey Young really embrace that villain role. Uh, I was happy to see that. The guy gets after it. You know, they tried to play tough with him. He did not care. He continued to do what Trey Young does and willed them to win this series. You know, Julius Randle, because I actually said I was going to tell you a player I don't like, and I'm not going to go back and do it with these teams because, like, even looking at that, really there's nobody that I think underperformed. Even even Russ, despite his shooting struggles, I wouldn't say that he underperformed. Same thing with the Celtics, same thing with the Nets. But with the Knicks, you know, Julius Randle, obviously a really big disappointment. Coming off winning most improved, 25 points per game right at. And DeAndre Hunter on the Hawks really just shut him down and didn't let him do much. Um, the player I'm really high on, I like DeAndre Hunter a lot. I think he's going to continue to prosper and be even better. And... The player that I would say that I like for the Knicks would just honestly be Derrick Rose. I think this series, he was their best player. And really for the Knicks, that's sad that old Derrick Rose with his busted knees was your best player. And for the Hawks, um, I, I'm not going to – because I, I'm going to say DeAndre Hunter is my favorite player because the reason, even though Trey was averaging 30 this series, I would still say DeAndre Hunter is my favorite player because if you don't shut down Julius Randle like he did, this probably goes to seven, and there's a good chance that you lose. So I think DeAndre Hunter did have the biggest impact, but like I said, Trey Young was incredible this series, scored the ball like it was no problem, embraced the villain role, talked to trash, and backed it up, won the games. And he, he won them this series, but I, I don't think DeAndre Hunter is going to get the credit he deserves for the way that he played Julius Randle. And this was a entertaining series. A lot of it was really good basketball. Like I get that it was four one, but it's still a, as opposed to the other two or three that I've actually said that I just there wasn't even a lot of need to watch. I enjoyed watching this series. It was a good series, and a lot of cre- credit to Trey and DeAndre and even Clint Capella played I really well. I think and Bogdan Bogdanovich played, but really just a great team effort from the Atlanta Hawks. Honestly, this was my favorite series to watch in the first round. It was a great series. I mean, every game was just decided by who's going to step up and who's going to be the better player. And Trey Young just came down and said, you know, it's my series. And uh, you hate to see it. I was rooting for the Knicks just because it's been so long since they've done something. But at the same time, I could care less about the Knicks. You know, I, I just don't like Trey Young because of the Oklahoma days. But, yeah, credit to Trey Young. He did, he did well in the series. Next, we've got Denver and Portland. Denver, you know, I, I did pick them to win this series. 
despite not having Jamal Murray, they have probably the MVP. So I just and I figured MPJ would step up, and he did. Um, that would be the player that I like for Denver. Just to put that out there really quickly, uh, you know, especially that last game, twenty-two points in the first quarter, tough to keep up with that pace. So I've got to say that I'm a big, big fan of Michael Porter Jr. and the way that he performed, um, and Compazzo. Compazzo played great. That would actually be my X factor for them. And for Portland, again, I, I try not to pick star players. I really do. I don't like to pick star players, but I don't know what you guys want me to say other than Damian Lillard, like 55 points of that one game that they did lose. Continue to do things like that the whole series, but one player can't beat a good team. I mean, it can, but it doesn't happen often. And Damian Lillard tried his hardest put so much effort into this series only to go down again i really hope he gets out of portland because they're not getting him the help that he deserves to be the caliber of a player he is um i've heard he's gone i've seen i've seen things too but you know this series just didn't pan out what i want it to be like i get that it's a six game and i'm gonna whine about it not being a seven game but i but that is what i'm gonna do it's exactly i'm gonna whine about it not being a seven game series I anticipate Damian Lillard to will him to seven, and I'm not fussing at him because he did need help from CJ that he did not get, and Robert Covington as well. And Denver and Jokic and Porter Jr., Compazzo just outplayed him, really. Um, great game plan from Mike Malone on the Nuggets. I think his plan, from what I saw, was we're going to let Damian Lillard just kill us and stop everybody else because, like I said, one great player, he can win you some games, but – even for a great player like that, he really can't win you a series. And I think he played as well as he could. I, I attribute this, and I've already picked two, but I'm going to say my favorite player for Denver was actually Michael Malone for the way that he coached against them. And I still give Damian Lillard the credit for Portland just because I don't think there's anyone else to give the credit to. I think he played as hard as he could have. Dame was the only one that even kept that series, you know, a series. Well, it wasn't even really a series, though. I hate to call it a series when it was like that. I mean – he just didn't feel competitive. No, he didn't feel competitive at all. You hate to see it for Dames. I mean, he played his heart out, dropped 55, and still can't win. Like, you know, if he can get out of there, which I'd love seeing him on the Celtics, that won't happen. But if he can get out of there to a team like that, I feel like he could change that team around. And it can make him a better athlete, if that's even possible. Yeah. He can finally be that leader of a d- team that can go somewhere. Yeah, he deserves that. Yeah, I hope he gets that opportunity. Because I do want to see, not as much as Chris Paul or Russ, but I do want to see him get a ring. Because I feel like he deserves it. Next, with two first-round series remaining, and honestly, I did think Portland and Denver was more competitive, but I know for you guys listening, you're going to hear want to hear more of the Suns and Lakers talk, so I did save it that, that for two for after. You know, the thing about this series is it wasn't competitive. Of course, the, the thing that made this series feel like it was competitive is because whenever the Lakers were struggling, you know, all the sports commentators and all the fans were saying – well, LeBron's just going to have a game that LeBron tends to have every other year, and he's going to drop 50 and 10 and 9, or he's going to have a 65-point game on 50% shooting, and he's going to do something nuts. And this year, for the first time, honestly, LeBron did not do that. And that that's what made this series so com- feel like it was so competitive because everybody's kept waiting and waiting for LeBron to have the type of game LeBron would generally have, and it never happened. A lot of credit to the way the Suns played. Again, I feel like they game-planned really well. I couldn't tell you what their game plan was, honestly. I'm not even smart enough to dissect it, but 
Schroeder played horrible. Montrezl Harrell didn't even touch the court, really. Mark Gasol played bad. Drummond played bad. Contavious Caldwell played Contav- Excuse me. Contavious Caldwell Pope. I had the hiccup there for a second. He played bad. LeBron didn't play that well. And for a player that I'll give you that I don't like, because I haven't done that for a lot of these teams, because honestly, I'm looking at it and there's not a. You know, for Portland, I would say CJ, but like for the Lakers, and it's not LeBron, although I do think LeBron definitely underperformed. I got to say, Kyle Kuzma. Where was Kyle Kuzma this series? Like, where did, did he go shopping and just like not come back or. Was he trying to start a new clothing line? What what Yeah, the Shanghai Sharks. <laughs> like God, I it's just honestly one of the worst series I've ever seen from a basketball player that's supposed to be a score. I didn't score. I mean, he's not supposed that's all he's supposed to do, and he did not do it. Um The Suns, a lot of credit to Devin Booker for playing the way that he did. Couple thirty point games, a lot of uh credit to Chris Paul. He guys know I love but I have to say that my favorite player for the Sun Series is DeAndre Ayton because even when AD was playing, he made AD look horrible. I mean, he made AD look bad. Kept getting 15 rebounds about it, 20 points, intimidated shots, and just really bullied Anthony Davis while he's playing. And maybe that's attributed to the fact that AD had an injury because you guys know I'm not saying that AD's bad. He's my favorite player right now. But DeAndre Ayton just made him look like he wasn't a very good NBA player. and. Really willed this team to this series, you know, just the impact of him being down there and drumming or Gasol not really being able to guard him, and then AD not being in to try to stop him. I, I think Aiton dominated this series, and I know you're going to look at the box scores and see Booker's 30 and Chris Paul just – even if Chris Paul doesn't show up on a box score, it's just, it's just Chris Paul. Like, that's yeah. that's just all it is. But I, I think DeAndre Aiton willed them to this series. Um, I don't know if he can do it again. Um, he's going to be playing against Nikola Jokic now. It's going to be a little different for him, and I, we are going to talk about second round, so I'll talk a little bit more about that matchup, but I give a lot of credit to DeAndre Ayton for this win. Uh, this is a big series, you know, LeBron's first ever first-round exit by the Suns, and if you would have told somebody last year, you know, how bad the Suns were, if you were to look at somebody and say, you know, next year the Suns are going to knock the Lakers out of the playoffs in the first round, you would have been laughed at, oh, yeah. and deservingly so. If you said that last year, you'd look stupid, but... Great, great series from the Suns. It's one of the best, most complete series I've ever seen a team play in the first round of the playoffs. A ton of credit to the Monty Williams for the coaching and Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Mikel Bridges. And really the whole team just stepping up and winning this series. Cameron Payne as well, by the way. Well, I'll be honest with you. I figured this was going to be a rigged series. I figured, oh, he's going to play the play-in and win as an eighth seed. Because, you know, LeBron's out there, he's trying to do too much, I feel like, sometimes, which they, that happens every once in a while. But I figured... The Warriors are bad this year. They're going to play Curry to beat him in the play-in. And, then, you know, he's going to end up winning the whole thing. It's it's set up like that. They're losing on purpose. But after I watched that series, I was like, man, they're actually bad. <laughs> like, I don't know what happened to them, but, really yeah, they like fell it. apart. Anthony Davis, like like you said, he was going to get hurt. And he did. And he got hurt within five minutes. You tell me that, I think. Yep. So, it's just a different team. And I know it'll he'll probably push for Dame Willard. That's probably where Dame will go. But – if they can get him, they might be able to win. But yeah, as of right now, I don't see nothing coming from next year either. No, they got to they got to do something because this is one of the last years of LeBron we got left, y'all. He's getting old. Yeah, he's getting as there. crazy as it may seem, as great as LeBron has been, there's not a LeBron, not a lot of LeBron left, and you got to use AD while you still have him on contract too. So they they need to do something bad if they want to win one more with LeBron still there. 
it really shocks me they won two games, honestly. Yeah, uh, I'm really surprised. Uh, after seeing game one, I, I was thinking a 4-1 series. I figured they win. LeBron would win them one game, kind of similar with Tatum because LeBron is better than Tatum at this point anyway. I just figured, you know, if Tatum can win a game against the Nets, LeBron can win a game against the Suns. But just really disappointed with the way the Lakers played. Not a Lakers fan, but I I wanted to see a good series. I wanted to see a seven-game series. And, again, it sounds like I'm whining because it was only a six-game. It's one game short, but – Like I said, I figured it was rigged. (laughs) Yeah, but disappointed very with the way the Lakers played this series. Uh, Terrible coaching by Frank Vogel as well. On to the only seven-game series that we had this playoff, Clippers and Mavericks. As far as the players, I like to get that out of the way early because they're both very, very obvious. Although one of the Clippers actually isn't. Kawhi won them the series the last game. Reggie Jackson had 15 or 16 in the first quarter. That was a big spark. And then the Mavericks, what can you say but Luka? I mean, why did they win three games? Luka, that's it. Nobody else did anything. Uh, Well, actually, that's a lie. I'm sorry. Tim Hardaway had a great series. Tim Hardaway had a really, really good series and shot the ball super efficiently and was a big second. Like, he was their second biggest threat. Really, what I want to say about this series, because I think it was dominated by stars. You know, Kawhi and Luka really dominated this series. And I I want to talk about two players I don't like in this series. And when I, I want to make that very clear. Because one of these players that I'm going to say that I did not like in the series is actually one of the players that I am genuinely a fan of. So I'm not saying that I don't like them in general, just I'm saying they underperformed this series. Um, I'm going to start with the Clippers because they won. You know, I I stood up for PG last year after the playoff slander because he did disappear, and I was like, it's still Paul George. Paul George is good. I... Wait... (laughs) What what happens when the like he had a good regular season, and then the playoffs start and he's like I'm just gonna turn into somebody that's not good at basketball. I tried to think of a name, couldn't even think of one. I <laughs> uh, I don't know what happens. I I don't even know how to construe it. Like Paul George is a great player, three and D, knocks down shots, plays defense, oh, yeah. and you know he's a good number one option. He's not, he doesn't have to be the number one option. He's the number two option, but even as a number one option, I'm a big Paul George fan. I think he's awesome. I think he's a great player, but this is pitiful. I mean, honestly, I don't know a better way to put it. This is sad what we've seen from him in the playoffs the last two years, and I really hope he turns it around. And, you know, even the players I said I don't like so far, I feel like I've been pretty nice. Um, I haven't said anything too mean or out there at any of these players. And that's all about to change when I go to the Mavericks and tell you the player that I don't like for them. And I'm just going to put this as blatantly as I know how. Chris Stapps, you suck, man. You suck. You're bad. Uh, The best thing I ever heard about this, and I want you guys to think about it the next time you watch Chris Stapps play next season, obviously. Chris Stapps Porzingis is a small forward stuck in a 7'3 body. He, if I was 7'3", you'd see me in the gym every day. I'd be getting big. I'd be wanting to bang down there, knock people around, dunk on people. He just camps out behind the three-point line. That's all he does. And then he misses. That's all he practices. That's, he just shoot, he's 7'3". Imagine being 7'3 and shooting threes like that. I, he, he can't play inside. I mean, he gets boxed out. And, you know, you know what the Clippers' game plan was that Ty Lue was open about? He said, we want to attack them in the paint. 
We want to attack them in the paint because they have no rim protectors. Imagine seeing a seven foot three guy and being able to competently and accurately say he's not a rim protector. That's bold. At seven three. And Tyloo was right. He's not a rim protector. He's bad. I just and you know, Chris said he was frustrated with not feeling like he was a priority. No, bro, you're not a priority because you suck. Yeah. Even when you get the ball, you miss. When you get it down low, guys that are like five inches shorter than you bully you, push you around because they know you're not as strong as them. And you're seven three. Yeah, that's it. That's the only play they have to worry about. I, Christaps, man, you just it's so it's so disappointing to see a guy of your caliber play this bad. And you know, unlike Paul George, I'm I say I'm really gonna rip on him. I feel like Paul George is gonna have a good next series. I really do. I do too. I, I believe in Paul George. Maybe I shouldn't, because the way he's played the last two years, but I, I do believe in Paul George. I don't think Chris Tapps is gonna be any better next year. Whether he's on the Mavericks, whether he goes to the Lakers, which isn't any speculation, by the way. I just throw out a random team. I think he's gonna still suck. I just he was just an okay Clipper or uh, Nick, Nick. I mean, he wasn't that good at the Knicks. I I just don't like this guy. You know. I don't know what kind of person he is because a lot of the times after I rip on players and say he's a great guy, I'm not going to say Chris Stapps is a great guy, which doesn't mean he's a bad one. I just I don't know. Genuinely, I don't know. But, man, what a poor excuse for a second option. I mean, if this is my second option. Like Tim Hardaway ended up being the second option. Tim Hardaway, you guys. Imagine a playoff team with Luka trying to get Luka some help. Your best option being Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway's a great third option. I'd love for Tim Hardaway to be my third option. But at second, no. <laughs> Chris Stapps for singing is just pitiful. And I, I don't think he's ever going to get any better. Injury prone, even when he's not injured, doesn't play well. Just honestly, the biggest word, and I, I really hate to say this because it's, it's a strong word to throw out there, and I'm going to say it. And just so I don't have to elaborate on it, so I don't be any more mean than I already have, I'm going to say it and pass it right off to Kendall. I, I genuinely just think he's a pansy. Ooh, that's a bold, bold car right there. Like you said, though, Clippers just are the better team, I think, in the long run. I'm really rooting for Paul George as a team I'm going to root for to win it all now since my Celtics are out. Because, I mean, I'm I'm financially supporting Paul George, I think. Every pair of shoes, I, every pair of shoes I've had like in the last, gosh, I guess – Four or five years have all been Paul George's. So, I mean, I love the guy. It makes a great shoot. <laughs> I'm really rooting for him. Will they win? Probably not. But will they go farther? Hope so. Yeah. A big Paul George fan here as well. I, I like Paul George a lot. So, now we're going to go on to some second round speculation. We're going to start with the 76ers and Hawks because the Hawks stole game one. Kind of reminds me of the Memphis and Utah series. I think this is going to go to six. I just think the 76ers are a hard team to beat, man. Uh, they're going to – Embiid's going to play. Ben Simmons, I'd like to see do a little more offensively. You know, he gets his own buckets, but usually the bucket – sorry, I phrased, actually I was going to say that he doesn't do. Um, usually the buckets he gets is because Embiid is down there and they double Embiid and then Ben Simmons gets it and – he doesn't have anybody on him, so he can just drive. I, I want to see Ben Simmons create for himself. I want to see Danny Green knock down some more shots. And as long as Tobias Harris is consistently giving them 20, at least 20, preferably a little more, but 20 on good shooting, I just don't think this team can be beat. And, you know, they may switch Ben Simmons onto Trey Young, who I think Ben Simmons is the best defensive player in the NBA right now. Don't think Trey Young's going to be able to do a lot about it. And 
I, I like the Hawks a lot. I really do. Trey, Bogdan, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and Clint Capella. I think that's a really good starting five. I genuinely do. And then you're bringing Kevin Herter off the bench. I like this team a lot. And these are all really, really young guys. I could genuinely, within maybe the next five years, I could see the Hawks being in championship contention with how good this roster is. I I genuinely believe that. Yeah, I can see that. But right now against this Philly team, I just don't I don't think they can win. But I think it's going to be a really entertaining series to watch. I'll put, I'll say that much. Like you said, Sixers just going to be hard to beat. Uh, I think Trey Young will put up a fight. I can see it going six or seven as, as well. I but so. I just I don't think you can beat the Sixers. If Joel Embiid gets healthy enough, they'll be dominant. So that's really about all I gotta say on that one. Yeah, I don't. I just don't think it's gonna be as competitive as a lot of people think. Nets and Bucks. I'm gonna genuinely keep this real short and sweet on the Nets and the Bucks, and I'm gonna do this with every Nets series we talk about from here on out. The Nets are gonna win because they have KD, they have Kyrie, and they have James Harden, who isn't even playing right now, and they're beating. Last time I checked, and I'm actually gonna check right now just to tell you guys. This is like. The Nets without James Harden right now, the top of the third quarter up 24 without James Harden. You know, as much as I love Drew Holiday and as much as I'd like Giannis to do well, and a lot of people said the Bucks are going to give them a run for their money, it's the Nets. It's probably going to be the closest game they have this year, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I don't think so, but. I don't know. But I, I just don't think you can beat the Nets at all, really. You might steal a game like the Celtics did with if Giannis has just a crazy 40-point game. But like I said, short and sweet, I just don't think – ooh, that's a rhyme. Short and sweet, I don't think the Nets can be beat. <laughs> yeah, like you said, Nets are just too dominant. I like to see the Bucks, you know, put up a fight. I don't want to see them win because I don't like the Bucks either. I probably like the Nets more than I do the Bucks just because I'm not a big Bucks fan, but – Either way, I think whoever wins that series could probably win it all. You think the Bucks would win it all if they beat the Nets here? No. You like so? I think Philly's better. But well, it, it's always comes down to the Bucks and Sixers. At least the Nets are a different team this year. That's all I can say. That's good. I, I am happy about that. To I see like somebody changes. Di- I do like to see somebody different in contention. I just wish it wasn't this three-headed monster that doesn't even make it competitive. Uh, next, a series that we can actually talk about a little bit because I think this is going to be a seven-game series. I would actually argue that the next two games in the Western Conference are going to be seven-game series. We got the Jazz and the Clippers here. This is probably the series I'm most excited to see. Um, I think these teams match up really well. So, like, look at the point guards. So, we're going to have Reggie Jackson and Mike Conley. Mike Conley's probably a little better. Mike Conley's pretty good, yeah. We have Paul George and Donovan Mitchell. I think that's a good matchup. Yeah, I think Donovan Mitchell probably get the advantage as much as I hate to say it. I don't know, but small forward Kawhi, and I think they're playing. Uh, who I think they've been playing in the playoffs. Jordan Clarkson at the three, but it really doesn't matter because Kawhi, as long as it's not LeBron really or KD, is going to get the advantage. Power forward, the Clippers are running. Who are they running? Because I know they're doing surge at the five. Yeah, surge at the five. So uh, so Gobert is going to get that. I can't think of who they have running the four right now. I just I've. I've I don't know why I can't think because I the Clippers was <laughs> watched that series more than any other really. All right, Kendall's gonna look it up and I'll just I'll talk about it a little bit while he looks up their power forward, which is really bothering me that I can't think of it. But anywho's nonetheless, Marcus Morris, Marcus Morris, I knew, I knew right good shot maker, right. good shot maker, and that's and they'll run Bogdan Bogdanovich the force. So that's probably one of my favorite matchups. You know the Jazz are the one seed, so they they obviously have the advantage home court and otherwise. 
And I actually think the Clippers are going to make it out of this series. I'm expecting Paul George to have a big series. Maybe I'm a total moron for that because he has not done it so far. So maybe me saying Paul George is going to have a big series makes me an idiot, but that's okay because I think there's significantly many more things that make me an idiot other than saying that. But I, I, I can't explain to you guys why. I really can't. I just expect the Clippers to win this. I understand the Jazz are the one. And I just, I think Serge is going to have a good series. I think Kawhi is going to do Kawhi things. I think Paul George is going to have a good series. And I think they're point guards. And Rondo is going to have a good series. I think Rondo is going to show playoff Rondo here. And See, I love Rondo. It's not that I think the Jazz are going to play bad by any means. Like I said, I think this is going to go to seven games. I think Donovan Mitchell is going to play well. I think Rudy Gobert is going to play well. I think Clarkson's going to do a lot better than he did in the first round. And I think Mike Conley is going to continue to play well. I just simply think the Clippers are going to win. I can't explain to you why. I genuinely don't know. But I think the Clippers take this, and I think it's going to be as much of a hot take as this is because we don't know the other games yet. I'm expecting this to be the best playoff series this year. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, I think it would be pretty good, but I think the Suns and Nuggets, which is our next one we're talking about, I think it will be the best series. Think like, so? I just feel like those two teams are stacked. Well, I won't – Jump the gun on this. I want to go ahead and talk about that next one, so I'll let you go ahead and go. All right. Um, as far as Suns and Nuggets, uh, I think the Suns are going to beat them handily, actually. Um, I think DeAndre, you know, Nicole Jokic is an MVP candidate, and the thing about MVP candidates like Steph or Jokic or whoever, you can't stop them, but you can make it harder for them, and you can slow them down a little bit. And I think DeAndre Ayton's going to do as well of a job of that as anyone can. I think he's going to slow him down. I think he's going to make it a little harder on him. Stuff of that nature. But at the end of the day, they don't have Jamal Murray. They don't have anybody that can keep up with Chris Paul. They don't I mean, Devin Booker, while Michael Porter Jr. is a great scorer, Devin Booker is leagues ahead of Porter Jr. Mikael Bridges is a great defender, and I think Michael Porter Jr. is actually going to struggle to score over him. I just I I really like the construction of the Suns roster. And Kendall said, "Who did you said you were rooting for the Clippers?" Yeah, I'm, I, I'm rooting for the Suns the rest of the way out, as you guys may have guessed, because I want Chris Paul to get that ring worse than I probably want to take my next breath. But <laughs> oh, uh, I really want Chris Paul to get a ring. Like it's it's bad. Uh, it's bad. I need that. But it it has the potential to be a series because the Nuggets are a really well constructed team too. Like Kendall said, they match up well, and I agree because Don't these. They have Aaron Gordon now. Yeah, they do. So he's got a lot to fight for. He's never been to a playoff. Yeah, and Aaron Gordon's a great addition for this team because Jokic can make plays for him. But personally, I just see Devin Booker and Chris Paul, not so much DeAndre Ayton in this series, just really taking this one over and showing the Nuggets they just have a little more star power than they do. Although the Nuggets probably have the best player in the series, I feel like the Suns roster construction is really going to come into play here. That's fair. I feel that too. But I think we got it narrowed down to the Jazz, Clippers, and Suns and Nuggets is the best two series right now. Yeah. I don't feel like Sixers and Hawks will be that exciting, and I don't think the Nets and, Nets and Bucks will be exciting. So that's all I'm going to say. Those two are going to be the most exciting, both right. of the West games. I agree. I like the Western Conference matchups. All right, so let's speculate what we think is going to happen for now. Let's see if we can agree on this. This is going to be tough. Right. Who wins 76ers-Hawks? I'm going to say 76ers. Awesome. We both agree on that one. Who wins Nets Bucks? Nets, of course. I'd like to see the Bucks win. All right, we both agree on that. Who wins Jazz Clippers? I want to say Jazz, but I'm going Clippers. I'm, I'm going Clippers team. as well. I'm rooting for my team. 
Who's going to win Suns and Nuggets? I really want to say Nuggets, but I want to say Suns. Good, because okay, so we actually we actually agree here. We we agree on all four of our picks. So let's speculate what happens the rest of the playoffs. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you talk about it first this time. We see the 76ers and the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals. How do you figure that series plays out? How many games does it go to? Who dominates? Who wins? Well, of course, I think the Nets will win, but I think it might go to six. I can, I can see, seven. I can see six or seven easily on those. I just think that, I think that the Sixers are coming playing hot. They're gonna come off these wins and just really give the Nets a hard time because the Nets really aren't playing. They don't match hard. up with them well either. No, they don't match up at all, hardly. But it's really not much competition for the Nets right now. These teams are playing; they're kind of just dominating, like the Celtics game. Celtics were putting in their backups. I mean, why would you not just test out and see what you got? So, I mean, see what you that, was, can do. that was easy. And I think the game that they won, they were expecting them to win. The Nets just kind of took a break, too, just took a night off. Uh, and plus, the Nets, they're also they're more off the court. They're worried about more stuff like Kyrie, all this stuff he's doing. And I've seen something about a Nets player going out on a date with a celebrity, and he brought another girl along with just in case something went wrong. So he's going to be – Heat, whoever that is. Yeah, I don't know who that is. But. See, one of them's more focused off the court than what's going on on the court. Probably so, Blake. It's probably Blake or Kevin Durant, probably. I think it's Blake. Kevin Durant likes to run his mouth on Twitter, too. So, right there, we just named three people that, you know, are not focused on the game right now. But see, Giannis, that's all he's got. He focuses on basketball. Basketball is what got him where he's at today, and he's focused on basketball. So, I feel like that could be a good matchup. Or, well, I'm talking about that. I'm yeah, behind the series. Never mind. Sixers. They're the same way. They like to go off the court and do stuff like Ben Simmons is messing with the Kardashians. But Joel Embiid, he focuses on the game. He's trying to recover, so I feel like they'll be fine. I feel like this is a really competitive series. Uh, just, just The Nets don't match up well with the 76ers. They don't have anybody that has a shot at guarding Embiid. But here, here's the way I look at it. Embiid is going to dominate whoever they put on him. And I've already said that a one player can't win you a series, unfortunately. Uh, ben Simmons, again, you can't stop a superstar, but you can slow them down and make it harder for them. He is going to slow down Kevin Durant. I think that's the assignment Ben Simmons is going to get. But you still have Kyrie Irving and James Harden. What are they going to do about that? There, there's nothing they can do. I mean, they have Matisse Thibel, but here's the problem. And I, I said Matisse Thibel is a top-five defensive player. I really believe that. Stick him on James Harden. That's fine. He can't score. Uh, that, and that's just the sad reality of it. The longer you have Matisse Thibel in, the harder it gets to score because you don't have to guard him. And then what do you have? An extra guy. Now, see, hard to even play defense, but it's just the intimidation factor of, oh, my gosh, yeah. this is James Harden. Yeah. It's just with Thibel. You know, you can stick him on Harden, but the thing is, when you get to the other end of the ball and the Sixers are on offense, the Nets can now double-team Joel Embiid because they don't have to guard Matisse Thibel. Yeah. And, you know, I still like Tobias Harris giving him 20, but – you know, like I said with the Nets, I, I think the 76ers are going to make this really interesting. I, I believe that. I think this is a seven-game series. I think Embiid's going to play well. Tobias is going to have to play well to give him a shot. I think Ben Simmons is going to play well. I don't, and I, before it happens, I think Ben Simmons is actually going to take a lot of slander this series if it happens because I don't think his offensive numbers are going to look great. But I think it's going to be because he's so tired from defending Kevin Durant the whole game. But I think he's going to do a really good job of that. Yeah. And... Ultimately, I think what this boils down to is just, yeah, I think it's going to be a really poor defensive series. I'd say the points per game in this is going to be really high. I just don't think you can outscore the Nets. No, you can't. I just don't. You know, I usually I'm the guy that picks somebody 
like super out there to win the championship. I'm known to pick a four or five and be stupid. But this is just one of those years. I don't think the Nets are beatable. I just don't. Yeah, so we both agree the Nets win that, right? Yeah, that first series for sure. All right. I'm going to let you talk about this first, too. So what do you think? Oh, you're saying six or seven games, by the way? Uh, I'm going to say seven. I'll say seven. Right. I'm going to say seven as well. So Clippers and Suns. Thoughts? Well, see, the Suns are very powerful. I mean, Chris Paul, like you, like you said, he's never got that ring. He's really fighting for it. This is his best chance right now. And Devin Booker's playing hard. One of my all-time favorite subjects, Jay Crowder. He's tearing it up. So, I mean, those three are going to come in playing hot. But at the same time, they get a little bit too hot and they lose their temper. Because, I mean, Devin Booker and Jay Crowder both have got ejected out of those Lakers games. Like, if they do that against the Clippers, they won't last long. No, but, but if Paul George can stay hot from range and Kawhi can just walk up on defense, I say Clippers can win that. You know, as crazy as it is, I actually think the Clippers win this too. Um, just star power. You know, as much as I like Chris Paul, he's getting older, and, you know, this is going to be the third series. He's going to be a little tired. I don't think Devin Booker can keep up at this pace. I'm not saying that I hope he doesn't. As a matter of fact, I hope he does. I'd love to see promising young guys because when you think about guys like Tatum and Booker, in five years, these are no longer going to be the stars of, you know, teams fighting for playoff spot. These are going to be the superstars that are the one and two seeds. You know, they're they're the young guys. So eventually, these are going to be the superstars of the NBA. It's not going to be LeBron and Steph that much longer. It's going to be guys like Tatum and Booker. And, you know, Aiton... Aiton's going to feast this series in Serge Ibaka, and it's another one. I don't know why I feel like the Clippers are going to win this. I don't know why I have so much faith in this team who really disappointed everyone last year and who Paul George has disappointed everyone this year even. I just I, – I really think Paul George is going to turn it on. Kawhi's still a superstar. Reggie Jackson's showing he's came to play, and Rondo's playoff Rondo. Serge Ibaka, I think, is going to do a little more than he's done so far. And Marcus Morris is a shot maker. Even though I couldn't remember his name 10 minutes ago, he really is an X factor. He really is. He's a great player and a great player to have on your team, especially for a playoff series. He's just the type of guy you want. And I think we're both going to say Clippers on this one, actually. Yep. Wow, so I think we back actually we're going to have the same playoff prediction. So I'll, I'll let you take finals first. We both know which direction this is going, but just for the sake of it, Nets Clippers, what do you got? Uh, I got. I was gonna say Knicks or not Knicks. Nets. Yeah. I don't know why I said Knicks, <laughs> but yeah, Nets. Just when you go up with four superstars, because James Hard is James Harden out for the years. He coming back. Nice no, coming back. When you go up with four superstars against two major superstars and just a few decent players, I mean it's just easily outran. Because I mean Kawhi can't cover two. Paul George definitely can't cover two. It's just not impossible. Yeah, I mean, same thing with Ben Simmons that I said for Kawhi. He's going to make it harder for Kevin Durant. But you, you, you still have Harden and Kyrie. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep this really short and brief because I have one more question I want to add to this. We have like nine minutes left on this recording. Just don't think you can beat the Nets. I really don't. I think the Nets win this season pretty easily, honestly, as long as they stay healthy. Yeah. Now, if something happens and somebody gets injured and, and we hear Harden's out for the year, Maybe we come back and revisit this and talk about who we're going to think the winner is if Harden goes out. And maybe it stays the same. Maybe it doesn't. But if that happens, I promise you, we will come back to this and revisit our Nets pick. Oh, yeah. But as far, you know, it's really ironic that we actually have the same playoff predictions for the rest of the way. But um, I'm going to ask you one more question because it's something Randall said last episode that I was wondering. And I know mine, but I ask yours. So he said one sports thing you could, like, speak into existence and make happen for next year, right? If there's one sports moment that you could go back and make not happen, 
that isn't the David Tyree helmet catch. Because I know you're going to say that. Well, that's what my pick. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was going to be that, and that's why I'm making you change it, because I knew he was going to say the helmet catch, because you don't want to lose those two Super Bowls to Eli Manning. So, any sports moment in history that you can say, man, I wish that crap wouldn't happen, what sports moment would that be that isn't David Tyree costing Tom Brady a Super Bowl? Even if you had asked me that without the David Tyree, I wouldn't have put that one. Really? Um, I think the loss to Eli Manning, you know, fueled Brady to win even more. So, the one I'm going to say is definitely not – <laughs> not a popular event. Okay. I'm gonna say the Philly special. Oh, that's a good one. For Think you. about it. That's that a good one that for you. killed the momentum of that Super Bowl. We tried the same play and Brady just couldn't get to, just couldn't reach it. Like honestly, it's just overthrown. But yet, it touched his fingertips. Like he was stretched all the way out. So Brady got hate for that, and we lost the Super Bowl probably because of that. That's so. A really good pick. I was going to say the Philly special. I know everybody likes Philadelphia. And glad they got that one Super Bowl. I could care less. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like Philadelphia. I don't like the whole NFC East. That's a good pick. I just yeah. – I, I like that pick. Uh, I actually forgot about it, to be totally honest, because it's – I mean, it's not been a long time, but it's been enough time for me to forget about it. Uh, you guys know I'm a UNC basketball fan, so how's mine not going to be Chris Jenkins making the most iconic shot in college basketball history in the national championship to make Michael Jordan cry and UNC lose the national championship? I mean, if you guys think about the play before that, Marcus Page, who had struggled all year, hit a double-clutch three-pointer <laughs> from like seven to eight feet beyond the three-point line, one of the most incredible shots I've oh, ever yeah. seen for nothing. And, you know, say Chris Jenkins misses that shot, if I'm not mistaken, it was 77 to 77. So it still goes to overtime, but Nova was in foul trouble and Bryce Johnson was turning it on. Carolina has the momentum if that goes into overtime after Marcus Page hits that incredible shot. And Joel Berry was playing well. So I, I genuinely do believe if that goes into overtime that Carolina wins, even with Nova having Ryan Archidiakono and Chris Jenkins. So it's like you pretty easy for me to say that, that I wish that wouldn't have happened, but it did, and it'll forever be an iconic shot in college basketball. And, you know – as much as I wish it wouldn't have happened, it, it's it's pretty cool to see somebody make a shot like that in the Dude, national championship. Like that, that's that, this is one of the best games ever in college oh, yeah. basketball history. One of the best games it's ever been. That was a great game. Got anything else you'd like to add at the end of our episode? I'm just ready to watch the rest of these playoffs. It's going to be fun to watch. Going to be interesting. This is the only time I really get into college or not college, pro basketball is in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I'm really excited for the draft. Uh, any players, you know, the, the draft lottery is the 22nd, yep. and we're actually going to be in at the beach when this happens, so I'm really excited to find out where Cade Cunningham is going to go because he's going to go first. So I'm, have to do a video that night. Oh, of course, yeah. We're going to do an, a video on the draft lottery night just to talk about where Cade Cunningham is going to go. Got any players that you're uh, – this is my last question. I'll t- say mine. Where – sorry, I got that totally mixed up. Do you have any players that you're really excited about coming into the NBA draft? I mean, not really, honestly. Most of my listeners, you guys, they stayed back or – Decide to go, and they won't go nowhere. So, honestly, not really. Nobody you think is going to do really well coming in? Well, I know who you'll say you know for I'm sure. Say. I don't really keep up with it as much. I know probably some of the Gonzaga boys will tear it up. Jalen Suggs. Is he, gonna, is he going? He's gone. Yeah, he'll do good wherever he goes then. Because, I mean, dominant shot maker like that, he'll he'll tear it up. So, yeah, him and then your course will do pretty good. Where yeah, you know, you guys already know mine. It, it's got to be Cade Cunningham. I've said a million times, I believe in this guy more than I've ever believed in a college prospect before in my entire life. I genuinely expect this guy to be so much more than a star, but a superstar. And I even believe he has the potential to be the best player in the NBA at his peak. Um, you know, if, if this guy sucks, I'm going to look really stupid. But 
if he's half of what I think he's going to be, he's he's going to be special. And I've already told Kendall, I said I've never bought an NBA jersey because those things are so freaking expensive. Wherever Cade Cunningham goes, just if any of you guys listen to this and you see me walking around in the jersey, I'm not a bandwagon. Wherever Cade Cunningham goes, whether he goes to the Rockets, the Timberwolves, Detroit, please, God, don't let him go to Detroit. But if he does, I will get his jersey wherever he goes. I really hope it's not Detroit. I said that out loud, and it actually really scares me. I really don't want him to go to Detroit. But I mean, he can go to them cool jerseys, though. I just don't want him to go to Detroit. Like As far as the jerseys, the jerseys are fine. I just don't want him to be in Detroit because yeah, they, they're a terribly run organization now. But I, I think Cade Cunningham is going to be a superstar. And I'm excited to get his jersey. Not excited to pay for it, but excited to have it anyway. Um, <laughs> it's going to break my daily budget, unfortunately. But really excited to see that and find out in the coming weeks where a guy that I've been watching since his junior year of high school and since his junior year of high school when he was ranked in the 40s been saying this guy is going to be really good. And now he's going to be the number one pick and hopefully an eventual superstar in the NBA. I quit doing that after Jordan McCabe. Yeah, the Jordan McCabe one didn't pan out well for you. No. It's the first player I've ever really got attached to in high school. I've, ne- I've never been a big fan of watching high school, but I watched this guy one game, and I was like, every time I see this team on TV, I'm going to watch yeah, that's it. The one, man. Uh, this, this guy's going to be good. I really believe that with everything. I, I've, I feel so much more confident about him or John Morant or Zion Williamson, Carl Anthony Towns, or any of these former first overall picks. I'm really hope that he pans out because I'm going to look so stupid if he doesn't. Like, it's going to be bad. But, anywho, that's the end of this episode, guys. I hope you've enjoyed it. Don't necessarily know the plan for Thursday. Um, Figure it out. I'll let you guys, you know, per usual, let you guys know when I know because I don't know either. But I appreciate you guys listening if you've made it to this point. I will see you Thursday, and I'm out of here.